Hello and welcome to an hour from Tower Podcast, the podcast that brings you the people and personalities of the College of St. Scholastica. And after a few week hiatus, it's been a, again a crazy, what do you, I don't know if you call this spring as we look out the window here and it's snowing like crazy, but it's been a, a crazy few weeks, but we're back finally and we've got a, just a gem here today. I'm, I'm really excited to talk with Amy Fink. So Amy is our administrative assistant for our vice president of academic affairs and our uh, chief diversity officer. Did I get that right? You did. Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, you just help, yeah. help with everything. Other so, duties as a sign. <laughs> yeah. There's always that other duties as a sign. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, you bet. So as we do with every podcast, uh, just start off with, again, tell you know the, the podcast world a little bit about yourself, how you landed at St. Scholastica and doing the role that you're doing now. Sure. Well, um, I am a born and raised Minnesota girl. I grew up, um, I lived in Duluth until I was nine. My parents lived here their whole lives and grew up my grandparents. So this is home. Yeah. And then when I was nine, my dad got a job transfer. We moved to the Twin Cities. Okay. And I grew up in the Burnsville Savage area, uh-huh. went to Burnsville High School. Uh-huh. Um, great place to grow up, but this was always still kind of home. My grandparents were here, spent a lot of time in the summers. And looking outside now, I'm thinking about those days. <laughs> <laughs> I went to uh, Normandale Community College and got my associate's degree uh-huh. and worked a little bit, wanted to have some some money in the bank, and first-time college student. Mm-hmm. So I, were, I went to Normandale, um, had a concentration in psychology, and thought about teaching. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to Southwest State University, which is called something different now, but down in Marshall, Minnesota. Yeah. And I was there for a year and did early childhood education and way too small of a community mm. for me. Mm-hmm. Great school, really good professors. Came back um, and decided to come up to UMD and go to school, which... Um, a little bigger, felt like home here, and not the best fit for me, though. I, I wish that I would have known that Scholastica would have been an affordable opportunity because I think <clears throat> for myself, this would have been a great fit for me at that age. And so then I was at UMD, and I ended up actually dropping out at the end of my junior year and worked full-time and had my oldest son, who will be turning 21 next two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, have kind of gone back back to school a little bit here and there, and I'm hoping to finish out as a saint. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, so so in your role now, like, give a, give a little bit of a day-to-day. I mean, I know people here on campus see you, and, yeah. you know, but I, I think... I think there's misnomers about different positions and what they do and don't do. Like the job is really demanding. Talk about like yeah. what you what you do what you do on a day to day basis. Well, it, it kind of there's a lot of variability, which I like. And I think um, I was thinking about the jobs that I have had that got me to this point. And the through line for me is really customer service yeah. and connection and um, building relationships. And I think in the role that I have now. I mean, I support both Ryan and Amy, and that is a lot of meetings. It's a lot of calendar Tetris. It's a lot of um, ensuring that they have the things that they need to do the things that they do with their day. It's um, supporting in the faculty. I support the Promotion and Tenure Committee, and um, I help out with the faculty assembly, getting things organized for them, uh, the faculty meeting calendar, um, Course evaluations. I I do all the setup for, for that support of academic council. So yeah, it's a lot a lot of things, and every day is different. Yeah. So I think back at all of those roles, 
you as an individual, how you know I've gotten to know you a little bit better in my time that I've been here. I think it's interesting because again, I didn't know too that you know you're an educator at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you always kind of felt that need for educating, helping? I mean, in this role, it's educating, it's helping. All yeah. has that always been there? Uh, yes, I I'm an older sister, uh-huh. <laughs> so I think it's just innate to the role as oldest daughter, oldest sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I always have enjoyed learn. I have a love of learning. Mm-hmm. I'm naturally curious. I love to learn different things and try different things yeah. and helping other people. Um, I'm much more of, this is actually like fishbowl experience for me. I'm much more of a behind the scenes kind of person, but I do love that. I did, um, in high school, my role was a pharmacy tech. I worked as a pharmacy tech for a while. And then um, when I needed to be working full-time and have a job that had actual grown-up benefits, I did a customer service and site coordinator for Essential Health and their durable mm-hmm. medical equipment. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I did 13 years in human resources with various roles and responsibilities. And then from that, I went into development work. And when I was working in development, um, actually, Terry Van Rees sent me a message and said, hey, there's a job open at Scholastica that I think would really fit your skill set, you know, why don't you come in and uh, take a look? And yeah. so I wasn't really looking for a different job, yeah. but boy, am I grateful for that yeah. phone call because yeah. um, this has been a good fit for me. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's interesting because in, in, you know, in the role that I'm specifically and have been in my whole life, right, in enrollment, trying to encourage students, mm-hmm. you know, come to that four-year experience, have that four-year degree, yeah. the importance of that four-year degree, yep. all of that. I mean, there's no doubt I think you would agree too, there's an importance of the four-year degree, but Again, fit, readiness, yep. timing. You know, your journey is is non traditional to. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say it. It's probably not even non traditional. It's it's just a different path, yeah. right? I mean, it's just a different path. Talk a bit about maybe the ups and downs of feeling that pressure to. You know, because I think some people feel like they need to be validated by far your degree. Yeah. You don't have to be. No, you it's don't about have to be. fit. It's about timing. It's about life, yeah. and and the blessings that come and when they come yeah. with with life. Talk a little bit about that yeah. um, for you, that journey for you. So I think for me, it's always been. I mean, my growing up in my family, education was important. Yep. My parents didn't go to a four year school. Um, my dad is a, a truck driver for UPS, yeah. and he's actually retiring in July, and he's been there for thirty five years. It's hmm. been a great job for him. Yeah. My mom went to secretarial school back when it was secretarial school. And uh, she, you know, I don't even know if she graduated, to be honest. Uh And uh, they had me real young. They got married really young. They're going to be 46 years in June. So it worked for them. Uh It doesn't always work for Uh everyone. Uh Um, And, yeah, school was important to me. But I think I did not at that time, you know, late 90s, I graduated from high school. And... At that time, there wasn't really a focus on what do you want to do necessarily. It was just like the path was a four-year degree. And there wasn't a lot of, or at least that I knew as a basically kind of fumbling and doing it myself. Mm -hmm. um, There wasn't really like we do here with advising and connecting Mm -hmm. with students and advocating for what might be the right fit for them versus what they think they should be doing. Right. And I think had I had some of that at that time, my path might have looked a little different. Yeah. But um, I've always been a good student, and I've been able to kind of just make it work how I need to, but that finite finish, you know, I like yeah. to finish what I started. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm uh, working with John Bauman to get that taken care of, and 
um, I don't have a whole lot left. So yeah, no, that's great. I, I used to have that done. I, I remember as a traditional student, there would be adults that were in the class, and again, mm-hmm. this is again college in the early to mid nineties. Yeah. You know, for me, and um, I remember thinking, like, ah. Oh, all they do is they break the curb because they had nothing else to do but, you know, but study. I had some in my classes, too, when I was at UMD and thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so now you're working hard, right? Your oldest is 21, mm-hmm. you, your family, your mother, your care, all of those things. Yeah. Talk about the challenges of being an adult student you know how yeah. how life gets into that have you did you was it challenging was it not challenging yeah I've taken a lot of breaks um and I think my personality too is that I don't want to sign on to do something if I can't do it 100 uh-huh. percent. and so the challenge for me you know I was taking some online classes until COVID hit and at that time my son was a senior in high school yeah. and my youngest was a fifth grader uh-huh. and so helping them through those transitional years in such a wild and weird time, I thought, I'm not going to add the extra layer of online courses for myself. Plus, as you know, this job does take a lot of time and effort, too. And um, now that I have got that settled down a little bit, my oldest has graduated and my youngest is an eighth grader going into high school next year, (laughs) it's time to look a little bit more at Mm -hmm. that and get it finished. And yeah, the challenges are, you know, it doesn't stop. Life doesn't stop. People still have to eat and you still have to get people to soccer and you have to, you know, find some time to still be a human person outside of a student and a mom and an employee. And so that is a challenge for for an adult learner. I think you also, though, have the benefit of it isn't maybe necessarily a should be here. It's a you want to be mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And that is a benefit also mm-hmm. because I think you look at assignments a little differently. Time management is much better because you have to be doing it. Um, you're at, you're in school for the degree piece of it, not as also a social construct, which for me as someone who can be a social person, that yeah. was a challenge then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of benefits to being an adult learner, even though, sure, there's some challenge. Yeah. I know I talk a lot with students, <clears throat> traditional age students anyway, about I, I'm, I'm big on don't waste time and opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, whether it was for me, the one thing I always thought back to, it wasn't necessarily about completing school, but it was I, I thought I would graduate, go off and make a ton of money and travel. Mm-hmm. Um then I graduated realizing I don't have a lot of disposable income. Mm-hmm. And then you have kids and the only traveling you take revolves around Mickey Mouse ears or whatever else, right? Yeah, so, soccer tournaments. Yeah all, yeah, <laughs> all, yeah, all of those kinds of things. I mean, just life, right? Like, in, And now, fortunately, too, my youngest is graduating high school this year, maybe now getting around to doing more yeah. traveling now that will be empty nesters. But... Um, but I talk a lot about you know not not wasting, but then also wasting time. But then also shifting to again, if that fit in time isn't right, there's always opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Getting through that door. Now you get to see in your role, right? I mean, we have students who maybe don't have the the focus, so there's academic challenges yeah. and issues. Um, are you able to, to to lend some advice to them, or or how do you help navigate those challenging conversations when? I mean, Ryan's not necessarily the principal of St. Scholastica, no. but at the end of the day, academically, yeah. dismissal-wise, the buck stops there. What has that experience been yeah. like? Yeah, oftentimes we get the principal's office when, yeah. when people yeah. come to visit, which yeah. it is not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think we are – what I what I really like about Scholastica, and I have had a few VPAAs in the role since I've been here, yeah. 
is that there really is a compassionate uh, look at those and they work really hard to make sure that those students have the ability to continue here and that there's a path forward even if it looks like the door has closed you know we really want what's best for the student and if it's best for the student to maybe take a year off and go have some success somewhere else and then come back we want what's best for them yeah so I think yeah, yeah it's it's final but it's not yeah. and I would encourage students who are in that space to really, you know, have the conversation. Have the conversation with your advisor. Talk to your faculty, the the administration. And we're all here because we want them to be successful. And sometimes it may not be that you see that at that space. Yep. But from behind the scenes, we're all rooting for them and want student success. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Now, you mentioned something before that I want to come back to, yeah. and that was... This this notion of calendar Tetris. You're you're, you're a self proclaimed expert in calendar yeah. Tetris. What is that? I'm putting it on my resume. Actually, <laughs> I think it's a job skill. Um, well, I don't have to tell you as as an administrator, your calendar probably looks a lot like Ryan's. In which case, you know, you need to fit seven extra things in in a day, and there's only room for three. And how do you move it around so that you can get the majority of the folks what they need to have? And really, it's a lot like a Tetris game, being able to move things and get what you need to have accomplished in a day yeah. done. And it is a, it's a skill and an art, I would say. Yeah, you're pretty good at it. Because I you. know I've thrown <laughs> things at you, too, before where I'm like, good luck. And lo and behold, uh, 45 minutes later, it's it's, yeah, it's, uh, use the magic wand and, and be done. I. I I've I've been blessed. Well, just I haven't had many administrative assistants in my career. My last stop um, was my first time I ever had an administrative assistant, even with executive roles in the past. Um, you know, blessed to have one now here in in, in Robin as well. Um, you you get an you you're really in it with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for <laughs> an sure. An awful lot lot of meetings, a lot of hard topics that we're dealing with you get to see what is what is your what is your I guess honest advice to <laughs> whether it's Ryan to me to others like because you get to see what do we do right yeah. what do you see us doing right and what do you see us doing completely wrong from your perspective yeah I think well I don't know if it's right or wrong but I think you're right we are in it with you and I always feel like I can serve better if I know as much as I need to know. And if I can, I can protect the calendar, I can, you know, find the space, I am happy to lend my thoughts or advice um, it, as I'm included and need to be. And mm-hmm. understanding that there's some things you just don't need to. But really, I feel like as an assistant, a, a good assistant is able to be a sounding board and a gatekeeper and a you know soft place to to land and we're here to help make sure everybody gets done what they need to get done yeah what should we be doing better i think you know clear communication i think just as much as we're all busy day to day and i i think i have been really fortunate to have had a long line of really good vpas and you know not sucking up like true (laughs) true story um it I really have been fortunate to feel like I'm included in a member of the team and um, that they really value my work. And I can say that for for Ryan and Diane before him and Wolfgang and Uh Mike Marston. And they all have been really good mentors to me and made me feel included like I'm one of the team. And I think we're all better for that. Yeah. It took me a little while to, I think, 
when you're doing it yourself mm-hmm. up to that point, yeah. like having somebody else like be in your calendar. Um, yep. Because initially I was like, well, why why would you need to be in there? Like I can set up those meetings uh, or um, um, or I can contact that department and take care of that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, no. <laughs> it, yeah. But, but I think it's, it's a... It's a trusting. I always say your relationship with your administrative assistant is kind of like a relationship with a partner. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 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 trust, the confidentiality, the things that you sit down and hash out problems, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I don't know if you see it that way, but I've I've seen it with with Kay, my former um, assistant, and then with Robin too. Like it's almost like. I would joke sometimes my work wife. Like, they'll sometimes even call my wife at home and be like, yeah, you know what? He's probably not going to be too talkative tonight. Like, it was a bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they look up for each other as well. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you have to have. I mean, if you can't trust each other, it's it's not going to work yeah. well. And yeah. I think it's a gift both ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I... I you're not you're not you're not even assigned to have to challenge my schedule, but I appreciate that about <laughs> you. And I think all the other administrators, everything of you know Rachel and and you and Robin, and I mean so many of them, they're just so great. So um, I know that at some point here, and I, it makes me you know sad to hear you're gonna get this degree from Scholastica now and things, but. You, you, you. We talked about this bookstore. So talking about bookstores, like yeah. you have this dream of having a bookstore. Is yeah. that right? So it's the t- it's the ten-ish year plan. Yeah. Uh, Jack, my youngest son, is fourteen, and uh-huh. he has his eye on Scholastica and perhaps the soccer team. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be a few years. Yeah. But I am uh, ground level. Uh-huh. Uh, I would love to own and operate an independent bookstore out in the eastern end of town, uh-huh. and a love of reading and connection their literacy has been important to me my whole life. Yeah. I could read in kindergarten and um, connecting with people through books is really special to me. Yeah. And so I'm looking forward to having a place where people can come and share that love. Yeah. And always, always been a reader. Always, always been. Yeah. What, what are you reading now? Right now I'm reading a book called I Have Some Questions for You by mm-hmm. Rebecca Mackay. Mm-hmm. And it's her I think it's her fourth novel. Her last big one was The Great Believers that was out a few years ago. And this one is set present-ish day, like 2018, about a person who goes back to her boarding school to teach a J-term class. And when she was a student in the late 90s, so super nostalgic value because that was my time too. Not at a boarding school. But um, a classmate was found murdered in the pool at the school Uh and so now she's running this podcast class and one of her students wants to look into that closed murder and it turns out that maybe it wasn't as closed as they thought is there a certain genre is that kind of like murder mystery is that kind of your jam or is it are there what's like your favorite genre i'm a pretty non-discriminate yeah Yeah. i like to have i like a good story i like a, a plot you know, a plot-driven story with good characters. And really what I like is the mostly the motivation of characters, like mm. what makes people tick. And so whether that's yeah. a mystery or a literary yeah. fiction or I'm pretty non-discriminate about huh. the genre. How many books a year do you think you read? Uh, I usually read around 40 to 45 books oh, wow. a year. Yeah. Yeah. And huh. I just started listening on audio so that I can uh. read while I'm driving to soccer tournaments yeah. and things so yeah. that that ups the... Ability. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So I, I need to connect, but you have this same love as well. I, 
my wife loves to bake, mm-hmm. not so much cook, but to bake. Yeah. And like cupcakes and other treats like that. I'm like, you should always find like a sweet treat with bookstore or something yeah. like that. So marrying that together. But you like to bake and cook as well. I like so. to cook. I'm not so much a baker. Okay. I think it's the precision that comes with baking. Uh-huh. But for me, I like the, the flexibility in cooking. But I do like to cook. Yeah. Certain kinds of food that you like to cook? Or again, um, across the board? Yeah, kind, kind of. of across the board. And my kids like to eat, so that's a good <laughs> that's a good cross there. Yeah. And I, my mom is a good cook, and my grandma was a good cook. And so uh-huh. I come from a line of family recipes that people... Have handed. Down. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, what what about what, what are your, some of your favorite recipes? What are your go tos? So my grandma's spaghetti sauce is one of my most <laughs> favorites, uh-huh. and I almost have it down uh-huh. to what I think would be her standard. Yeah. Um, my kids love shepherd's pie. Uh-huh. I found a really good simple shepherd's pie. Uh-huh. That's one of their favorites. And then my youngest requested lamb burgers for his birthday this in February. So burgers made of lamb. Yeah. So we tried that out. <coughs> it's a keeper. Hmm. So yeah, it kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then too, you you know you chase around kids, family. A dog as well. So two dogs. Two dogs. So yeah. what, tell me about your dogs. So I've got Scout, who is nine. <coughs> She'll be 10 in April, and she has a Border Collie Black Lab mix. Looks just like a Black Lab, acts just like a Border Collie. Uh, and then we have Rosie, who just turned two, and she's a uh, Australian Shepherd Blue Healer mix. So working, herding, really smart, uh, kind of bossy. Those are, those are the dogs, and then uh, Alex and Jack are the boys. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So have you grown up then with dogs your whole life, or is this just something new phenomenon now that you've been married and have a family? Yeah, I um, we did have dogs growing up most of the time. When we moved down to the Twin Cities, we had to get rid of the dog that we had. We couldn't take her where mm-hmm. we were moving because we were renting to start. Mm-hmm. And that was our dog, Annie, and she was one of my favorites. And uh, it was about another year, I think, before we finally wore my mom down to get another dog. And we've had one ever since. My husband grew up with dogs. And actually, my father-in-law ran a, a camp for the Y in Chicago in Wisconsin. And sure. so growing up, my husband spent all his summers at this camp and worked with Jim Peck's Wildlife. And they had dogs that they picked up from at camp and Mm -hmm. he had a turtle that was the size of a swimming pool at this place it was just kind of like the wild west so (laughs) yeah we've always had animals yeah that's interesting so your kids now one out of high school one going into high school Mm -hmm. um what are they involved with active with what keeps them busy with you so my older son is working and he is not really sure what he wants to do next and I'm trying to practice what (laughs) I say and that you know it's okay that you don't go right to school it makes me a little anxious but he's working over at Super One in the Mm -hmm. deli and Mm -hmm. loves it Mm -hmm. Um, he worked at the deck in high school and um, did hospitality work there and really enjoyed it and then when COVID hit they laid off their whole event Mm -hmm. staff Mm -hmm. and so um, he he has found that he really likes working with people he likes working with food he's He's pretty customer service driven, so he's doing that for now until he figures out what that looks like next. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a really nice girlfriend that I like, mm-hmm. and um, my younger son, Jack, is a two-sport athlete. We just finished up baseball evaluations last night, yeah. and competitive soccer league has started, and so our summer will be at the either the baseball field or the soccer pitch, either, yeah. either or. Yeah. So. 
I saw the <clears throat> I popped in the other night and watched this baseball evaluation yeah, thing. It's, it's almost intense. like the NFL combine. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's serious. pretty it's pretty crazy serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've seen I was talking with somebody down there too about how and I've talked in the podcast before about that change in youth sports over the years. Yeah. It's really amazing how I mean we used to be where you know, again, growing up, we grew up really around the same time, but, you know, you, you were, where everybody was, where all the bikes were. And, yeah. you know, just outside yep. playing, no nothing organized until really you got into, you know, late middle school, even into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays it's, you know, I think there were seven, six, seven, eight-year-olds down there the other night. Yeah, you know, it's pretty things, intense. So it's pretty um, intense. Yeah, Jack is really driven, and sports have been really good yeah. for him to channel that energy. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 He's already looking ahead and he's going to ref this summer. So yeah. we might see him either in a uniform or a ref uniform. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. So it's NCAA tournament time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm in this bracket mode right now, right? I mean, I'm filling out my own brackets and, you know, thinking about other brackets. Yeah. I just did an 80s music bracket that our team is doing right now, which cool. is kind of fun. That is fun. So, did you tell Ryan about that? He's I pretty did. competitive. Yeah, I did. And uh, I don't think he filled one out and sent it in, but who knows? I, you know, I'm not pushing people to do mm-hmm. it. So it's fun. We just, it's a all 80s music winner gets to go to lunch somewhere we could pick where we go to lunch i mean just kind of for fun so yeah, i guess because cool. i love 80s music so but um so a bracket who's who's if, if you put together a bracket of the books that you love what's coming out on top your favorite book well it's funny that you asked me that because i thought you might <laughs> yeah. so i looked ahead and um in the last few years no particular order mm-hmm. i think if i had to choose my top three from the last five years yeah. i would say Two of them were last year, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, which is everywhere right now, Signal Fires by Danny Shapiro, and I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpott, which is a collection of essays. Okay. So two fiction and one literary fiction, one general fiction. One book of essays. I'm going to have my wife listen to this because she's a reader as well. I'm not. Like, I read when I have to. Yeah. But, but we've been in and out of many bookstores, and she's always looking for book recommendations. Mm-hmm. So this is awesome. So Yeah. Okay, so that's your book bracket. Um, in fact, it's funny that you say that because one of the best compliments that I get is either Amy is my go-to for a book recommendation yeah, yeah. or I loved the book that you recommended yeah, to me. Like, there's yeah. nothing better than feeling like yeah. you can help people find what they love yeah no no doubt so um again grew up in duluth and now back here in duluth uh bracket of favorite places to go as as a family in the duluth area hmm well you can't beat the lakeshore and we are fortunate we live out by brighton beach which i don't know if you have been out that way yet but if you head up 61 like you're going to go up the north shore Uh we're like the last turn off before you head it up to French River. So um, we can walk down to Brighton Beach, which is pretty amazing. And there's something about that lake that is just a draw. So we have always loved that. The dogs love to swim there, and throwing rocks in is always good. Um, Chester Park is a really cool spot. Mm -hmm. Chester Bowl with the ski hill. My my older son was a ski cadet when he was in school, and what a great community resource that is and it's a pretty place to walk which is just you know right over here um and then up the north shore as a kid my dad would say there is no other vacation than the north shore Mm -hmm. he loves all of all the way up from to grand marais and so a lot of time spent as a kid yeah a lot of really neat places to get in and find something to do yeah no doubt no doubt so okay so we got books we got places in duluth what about since we're since we're doing a music bracket like 
what's on in Amy's car when you know nobody else in the car and you want to throw on a jam and yeah, yeah let her rip in the in the car. Mm. Well, you know I am a '90s girl at heart, yeah. so there is a, a lot of '90s road trip. Yeah. Um, my son just put together a. 90s mom's music, which oh, wow. I'm not really sure what that entails yet. <laughs> Is that good or bad? And if I, yeah, I don't know if I should be like, hey, thanks, Jack, or if I should feel insulted, but we'll find out. Um, I do like country. My parents were staunch country music listeners, so a lot of that is growing up as in road trips and that that goes back to that. Or a podcast. I listen to a lot of um, either pop culture or reading podcasts. Okay. Yeah, the early '90s. I say when we, my wife and I were married, early '90s, and the the country music scene at that time, Garth Brooks yeah. and all of that, is like the soundtrack of our early marriage. Mm-hmm. It's all, we listen all that old old nine or old uh, country, not yeah. old old country, but yeah, '90s country. '90s country. I got to see Garth Brooks when he was in Minneapolis, and he did like twelve shows or something. Yeah. His sold out yeah. tour, and I was lucky enough to be at the one where his mom came out in the. Randy Moss jersey, so oh, that was pretty wow. cool because yeah. he and his mom were pretty close. But. Yeah, other than wearing a Randy Moss jersey, which we won't talk about since you're, well, I do you're, see the Packers. Yeah, you're staring at my Packers shrine. That's right there. over my shoulder. That's <laughs> yeah, right. so, it's okay. Right. We can still be friends. I know. I know. I, I, everybody needs a fault, I guess. So, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Well, good. Well, I've been. It's been about a half hour. I've been peppering you with questions. Yeah. Let's flip the script. So, sure. what, what do you have for me? And you have a whole sheet in front of you, so I'm a little nervous. Well, that, it's mostly me, not you. So yeah. that's okay. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, people have asked you what, how you're doing, how mm-hmm. you how you feel about mm-hmm. being here at Scholastica. So mm-hmm. I thought I would take a little twist on that sure. and say, what is your favorite thing about Duluth or the Scholastica community since you've joined us? Yeah, well, favorite thing about Duluth may be the Scholastica community, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. being early on. But, you know, I think if I take them both, you know, you, you talked about this draw of the lake. Um, and the area. So we were really unfamiliar with Duluth until we came up a couple years ago for our anniversary. And you come over that hill on 35 and you see the lake and it's like, whoa, like yeah, this is, can't that a, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And having grown up in Wisconsin along Lake Michigan, I, you know, we moved to Minnesota, we didn't realize how much we would miss the lake. So yeah, the lake and the area are great. I think we haven't really done, and I haven't really haven't done much exploring outside of campus because I want to make sure that I can experience that with my wife when she comes up. Sure. So um, so we've really just kind of dabbled with different things. But we're finding, our kids are making fun of us now that we're, you know, old and going to be empty nesters. So I mean, there's nothing, we're finding little coffee shops and we're finding, you know, just a little off the beaten path things where you can, you know, sit on a Saturday morning and, you know, and just relax and converse about everything during the week that you didn't get to because you're running around like crazy so i think there's a lot of those types of places we're realizing yeah they were getting into more you know maybe an outdoor brewery in the summer with music and stuff like we love sitting outside and listening to music in the summer those and there seems to be a lot of that here yeah so, and that's growing yeah. so you'll have a lot of opportunity yeah you know scholastica it, you know it just you talk about fit right i mean and it was a place where even when i applied i'm like i think that's going to be a really a place that's going to fit me i'm you know, not the most glitzy and glamorous vice president that you're ever going to meet. And the place isn't the most glitzy and glamorous that you're ever going to be. So that in and of itself is a really good fit. Down-to-earth people who I think value hard work, genuineness, all of those kinds of things. And I think people have always said those are those are strengths of mine. So that makes it a really good fit. But, you know, in the student, I mean, the students are... There's a, a lot of students that remind me of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First generation going through and... 
they're really easy to fight for and to advocate for and to do this job for um, yeah. because you get to know them so well. And I've really, it's always the part about, you know, coming to a new places, you don't know the people and their stories. And I feel like I should know their people, those people and their stories. So, but now I'm getting to know them more and mm-hmm. I'm getting to, you know, now I see faces and I know their names and I know what they're involved in. And that's really, really exciting. But, you know, again, just a great place where you yeah. can build those relationships for sure. Yeah, this community faculty, staff, and students really is a gift. Yeah, it, that's it right. It is really just a, a special place. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, having grown up in, in rural, you know, Wisconsin too, it, you know, there's a there's a thing about small um, in communities that are special mm-hmm. <laughs> because, um you know, again, you show up for people. Um, even in this podcast, the first podcast, you know, talking to Dana Moore about when her husband was sick and, you know, how the community yeah. came together. It's like, you know, I, that's not a that's not a, a, a unique thing. It's an expectation, right? Yeah. So that's Duluth the cool is the biggest part. small town, we say. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's part two about the Duluth area, too, is it's it feels small, but it's, I mean, it, there's 86,000 something on the sign in Duluth and you have Superior with that. I mean, it's it's not a small area. No, it's not, <laughs> you know? it's not a small town, but it has that feel. It feels and, that for sure. And that connection. And, yeah. you know, like I had mentioned, my family has grown up here. And even as a middle-aged mother of kids and that, yeah. I still get, oh, are you Dave and Linda's daughter? Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, I worked with your grandpa. In fact, yeah. Bob Hartle worked with my grandpa at the city. So, um <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a big small town, a lot of connection. Yeah, we moved from we lived for the majority of our married life in in actually the small town that I grew up in, uh, Howard's Grove, small community. And one of my favorite stories about small town is there was a bookmobile, so the library in the big town, sixty thousand, yeah. about ten miles away, Sheboygan. Had a bookmobile and they would come out to the to the Piggly Wiggly. That was the the, I the remember grocery those. store. We yeah. used to have those yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so the Piggly Wiggly they would they would be at. And if my wife, who was again the book reader, if she wasn't there to pick up the books that she put on reserve, they would actually drive and pull into our driveway of our house. Awesome. And it's like where does that where else does that happen but those small mm-hmm. towns you know yeah, so the bookmobiles in my driveway i mean the garage one day and the bookmobile pulls up i'm like okay did my wife buy it <laughs> you know <I> think, <laughs> it's a new adventure <laughs> that you just weren't <laughs> informed even, of yet i didn't even know about it didn't even <laughs> know fun. about it yeah right yeah. yeah okay well good and then yeah. my my second question i had for you is what are you looking most forward to and i think we kind of touched on that a little bit looking at the Duluth Outdoor Festivals. And- yeah, yeah. I think just having, uh, first just having to not do the commuting thing for, yes. you know, for, <laughs> for any more will be good. Um, you know, just being in and around and, you know, being empty nesters. I, I don't want to make this sound bad. My wife does listen to this. Like, there's a little bit of a scary component to it. Like, like I get the fact that I need to interact differently, you know, especially my daughter's home. My daughter is 21, college senior. Like, when she's home, I don't have to say anything. My wife's getting her fill of conversation with my daughter, like, you know, because the love language, my wife's love language, again, is, like, being plugged in and being attentive, right, and all those kinds of things. And I think I read a – I saw an article once that, like, men – use like 17,000 words a day and women use like 60, right? Or yeah. whatever it is. I don't yeah. I can't remember what the, that term was. And I think that holds really true with us too. Like I'm really interested obviously in what's going on, but sure. there's sometimes where like I just forget to ask like 
how's your day? Like the yeah. simple things. Cause I, you know, you're so attentive to folks and, and people here. Like I got to remember to do that there. So there's a little element of fear, like, mm-hmm. oh no, my wife gets now all of my attention and I have to give her yeah. know, all I, of that attention. I'm married to an introvert. Yeah, and so yeah. he often will say, you must not have had a whole lot of people around today. <laughs> That's yeah. what I know. Perhaps I'm using too many words. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there is a little element of fear, but I think there's a, you know, an excitement whenever it's a new place, right? To explore new places, to, you know, meet new people, get involved in communities, find a, you know, a, a parish, you know, church and, and, and get involved there and other community groups and organizations and try new things. We yeah. got our son, our oldest son bought us, you know, binoculars and bird books where you just want to go birding and you bird watching. And of course, this fuels my kids saying, Oh my gosh! You bought a Subaru this year. You bought binoculars to go bird watching. <laughs> hey, I think that sounds great. Are you, are you going to start eating dinner at four thirty at night? You know and those kinds of things. And I said, yeah, and you forget to watch Wheel of Fortune as well. Yeah, right. You get up home by six thirty. <laughs> right. So, um, so there's that that excitement too. Yeah. But, um, you know, the best part about college campuses, though, too, is every year there's a new crop of students with new stories and experiences, mm-hmm. and then that's the perpetual excitement for I think for us in our profession every year yes yeah. you know we keep getting older they keep saying the same age it's a little frustrating but it's also right. really cool because I, I'm in denial people. about that yeah right <laughs> right yeah. yeah well and it's such a cool place to be able to get involved and do different things too because there's always something going on and right. you know faculty and staff and students do really cool things so yeah they do it's something fun yeah and things like this I mean just even Slowing down and, you know, people t- have often said, you know, how do you, how do you have the time to do it? I, I, at the end of the day, I, I don't have the, I don't have the time to not be productive, but part of being productive and I think creating a, an atmosphere and environment of, 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 um, of a strong community is taking the time to yeah. do this. So, so this is part of the work, right? right. <laughs> it's, it's creating the community, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, so, community is one of the values. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So. Good. Any other questions or? Yeah, those were my questions for you. I wanted to awesome. have a little different riffs. So. Well, any, any, you know, anything on your list that we didn't talk about that we should be talking about? I don't think so. I think we pretty much went through it. I, you know, through line of relationship and connection, and I yeah. think it's really cool that you're doing this. Yeah, it's well, been fun to learn about my peers. Yeah, well, it's fun to do. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here, and thanks for all you do. You've been a, a really a welcoming and, and warm face. I you think even before I started here, I think I remember coming in while I was interviewing. Yes, and I, I and was I, on your search committee. I, well, I do remember, mm-hmm. you know, coming in and and and. Uh, and connecting and, and feeling that welcome, you know, right from the get-go. So oh, and I glad. think that's something that, again, you perpetuate so really well, but the, the campus community does too. So thanks for that early connection and for being just a great colleague and friend since I've started here. So it's been great to get to know you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. That was an hour from Torf Podcast. We'll be back next week with another guest. Thanks for listening in.